This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this evening are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. We've got six new films to look at this week. We're going to kick off with a new Chinese sci-fi thriller, Restart the Earth. Then we have Neil McDonough in Boone. Little Bone Lodge is a new British thriller. Then we have Gurkha. Uh, Resurrection of Charles Manson, and finally, the awesomely low-budget Killer Kites. Our short shot is a film called Joe, and then our DTV throwback will be Revenge of the Green Dragons. So, without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film, then, is Restart the Earth. Now, bear with me, because this is the uh, synopsis from IMDb. I quote, In order to combat desertification, humans have developed drugs that promote the accelerated reproduction of plant cells, but they have accidentally liberated the stress system of plants and awakened plant emotions. (laughs) Do either of you recognize any of that when from this <laughs> not really no i think that um, was some, from some of the very quickly pre- presented exposition i think so <laughs> isn't it? um so what we have here is basically um plants gone wild and taken over the earth um, day of the triffids that sort of thing yeah day of the yeah. i mean it was funny because when steve read the 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 actual synopsis uh it goes oh this sounds like the happening No, I don't think this is the happening. Um, I think it's definitely a bit more exciting than that. It's a very well put together action thriller. Um, Some decent, some decent special effects. Some a bit ropey, admittedly. Um, But it does. It is one of these sort of like men on a mission who are, you know, the team is is getting knocked out one by one as they get nearer their goal. Um, there are some really good set pieces along the way. I had a really good time with this. Uh, Steve, how did you get on with the Chinese happening? Um, yeah, like I say, some really good CGI, some ropey CGI. Um, yeah, it's a bit far-fetched, but it is enjoyable. It kind of reminded me of like The Last of Us mm-hmm. with plants instead of zombies, you know, the, the aesthetic of it and, you know, the... the the way that yeah, it's all taken over, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, but no, it's it's decent. It's fun. I mean, I especially enjoyed the um, the bit in the bus, which was so far over the top. (laughs) But yeah, it was great. I mean, some of them are a little bit annoying. Like I think it's called Twenty One. Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. he's a bit bit of a screamer, Um, Mm -hmm. and the kid's not. He is the comic relief, isn't he? Basically, yeah, yeah, but a bit too much. But yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really well done. The story's pretty decent. It's not. Uh, I don't think it's a IP, shall we say? I think it's mm. you know an original story. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really, really enjoyed this. To be fair, it is a lot of fun. I think. Um, yeah. Rich, how did he get on with restart the happening? <laughs> 
Yeah, I liked it as well. I mean, it's very, very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very bombastic. It's a big, it, it is a very, it's an action driven story. Very much of that, like you say, men on a mission sort of perilous journey. You know, they, they're starting from A and they've got to get to B. Uh, made me think of uh, like the, for example, like the, the remake of Poseidon Adventure. Uh, followed a similar kind of structure you've got a bunch mm-hmm. of survivors you've got to get them through a series of um obstacles uh mm-hmm. to get to their ultimate destination and in and in this case this is one of the instead of just trying to survive they're trying to get to a place to perform an action uh, and this is the whole uh, motivation of um trying to save the earth basically and reclaim the earth which has been overrun it also the whole plants taking over thing running there's some ray bradbury kind of stuff mm-hmm. and also uh, sound of thunder um and what was the other one girl who girl with all the gifts came to mind you know the, the sort of yeah, the yeah. style of it yeah. but yes it is very it's very cg very green screen some of it looks pretty solid and some of it looks um although impressive you know because even even on the, the green screen kind of stuff the the complexity of the backgrounds and stuff, you know, the 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 artwork that's been done, you know, yeah. on a computer or whatever it is, is good. It's it's very good, um, but not not particularly convincing. And it also, a lot of it feels like it's been pieced together by like from other movies. Uh, and it it seemed to me, whereas we've got quite a lot of big Chinese blockbusters getting released uh, Netflix or on the cinemas over yeah. here, and I think this one is much closer to the uh b movies that you that there are many many uh turning up on youtube mm-hmm. uh like yuku and stuff but there's a lot of um, there's been there's been some uh, video essays on uh, that i've watched about the uh, what they call the, these chinese schlockbusters kind of creature feature movies that they're just yeah, yeah. churning out like crazy with you know um you know j- just whatever monster it is uh this i think is slightly above some of those because there's so much visual effects it's not like there's there's just a creature or whatever and it's like asylum or something you know um it's uh it you know it's it's cg the whole way through and some of it's some of it is very uh very solidly done uh it's i was quite i was quite pleased that it wasn't dubbed uh it's it's in original it's in original language um the um the you know the the stand the say the production quality is pretty good and the the floor is quite it, the other thing that sort of likens it to the B movies is that it's only an hour and a half it's like just mm-hmm. under an hour and a half whereas usually you would expect if it was like Wandering Earth or whatever it is you know you're, you're looking at like two hours or something this is yeah. this is like a boom 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 and I thought maybe it was like an edit uh, um that maybe there was a longer version but YouTube um uh, not YouTube it, IMDb only mentions the hour and a half cut so uh, i maybe there's another longer version that goes into more detail with some of the characters as i would expect from uh higher profile chinese films you know there's a lot of characterization usually um in here it's quite so it's closer also to something like uh, skyfire yep which again that was much that was a much higher, again, much higher standard than than this, but you know, of a similar vein, uh, you know, very much disaster sort of driven. I mean, this one's got the disaster. It's the disaster has already happened, but yeah. they're they're kind of like trying to still deal with the disaster. So it's an interesting kind of variation on the disaster movie where they're still dealing with the fallout. You know, we don't we actually. <laughs> 
another film that I was watching because this, like I said, it feels very piecemeal. There's that whole flashback bit where they're like in traffic and stuff. And I was thinking it made it really brought to mind I Am Legend. I think there's a bit of I Am Legend oh, in I, here. I Am Legend and um, what's, what's the other one? Uh, a Quiet well, Place. Quiet Place. Quiet Place yeah. too, especially, yeah. Yeah, so there's all that sort of stuff going on. I like the cast, like the characters. Uh, 2021, yeah, he's the comic relief, but he's they don't do too much with him, thankfully. Um, I mean, it's it, it it's a bit obvious, especially these days, to go, oh, the comic relief guy has to be a fat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I quite liked him. I thought he was all right, and they didn't sort of, you know, it wasn't too derogatory a, a performance or whatever. I mean, the bit where he's trying to climb across that, you know, the the, the journey across a perilous kind of ladder mm-hmm. kind of situation mm-hmm. that a lot of these, which again, Poseidon Adventure, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Poseidon had one of those, and also more recently, uh, the the Scream. Uh, Scream Six had yeah. a trying to get across yeah. a ladder sequence and stuff as well. So this is like them trying to get across a crane that's fallen across the buildings, and that was re- that was pretty crazy. <laughs> so I was there. There's no way he's going to balance yeah. on there. None of them are. But uh, you know, they, it's it's fun. It's crazy. And I always think it's funny with these how, I mean, it's great for spot the cliches. But you know, they they go, oh, we finally got to this place that we need to do to form this action, which luckily is mm-hmm. completely intact, and. Uh, it's like, oh, we've got to find the switch or whatever. And I go, oh, there's a the switch. Yeah. <laughs> so, everything is always really fun. Oh, and, ev- and how that whenever there's a problem, somebody can always come up with a solution like immediately. There's mm-hmm. like no, it's like 24. <laughs> it's like it's so fast paced. Nobody could act that quickly yeah. and stuff. But yeah, it's fun. I, I, I did like it. I thought it was good. Um, if I can just mention a couple of other things, the uh, there's a the tentacles. Of, well, not uh, the vines, I should say, mm-hmm. which are kind of like sentient vines. I got strong vibes from uh, Deep Rising. Yes. Uh, the, but but yeah. crossed with Tremors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh, the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. It's mm-hmm. kind of a composite kind of creature thing, which I thought they, again, they did like it quite really well. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also one of the scenes with that is also very, very similar to a scene in um, uh, Steven Spielberg's. Uh, War of the Worlds, yeah. So I say, I think this is very much a kind of composite thing. Great, it's a blast. I mean, it's Mm. it's it's good, solid, you know, uh, hour and a half, you know, blockbuster entertainment. On you know, uh, I think you know, you know what you're getting when you go in, and I I don't think you'll be disappointed because it's just so much happening in it. Absolutely, and it 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 does the sort of thing that. you know, sort of Asian films, sort of Chinese, Korean, Japanese. You know, they they do very well. And that's, you know, they, they even in something as pulpy as this, they they find sort of the emotional core. You know, um, when, when everything's on the line, well, there's two there's two bits. It's like, you know, the uh, the can do spirit of like, no, we we have to yeah. do this. You know, we have mm-hmm. to sort of throw everything at it. And then you got the other bit. You know, the sort of self sacrifice bit at the end. Yeah. Um, oh, there's always the self. There's always that sort of thing. It's like, God, you know. And, like, the, sort of, and the national pride. national pride. Yeah, and the national <laughs> pride. Yeah, it's like, yeah, who did this? Who's who? Who saved the world? It's us, I mean, the Chinese. It's like, you know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you've got like what three or four self-sacrificing bits, really, mm. haven't you? Oh you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's spotted all the way through, but yeah, I just enjoyed it. It was just mm. nice. Quick, you know, in and out, done, dusted. There we go. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this with Josh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching this with my son, mm. basically, when, when I get hold of a copy, a uh, physical copy, that is. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, scores on the doors. Uh, Steve? I'll give it a seven. Mm-hmm. And Rich? Yeah, solid seven. It is a very solid seven. I mean, you know, there's nothing, as we've said, there's nothing original here. Um, it, it does sort of playfully sort of cherry pick ideas and set pieces, but it does put it together pretty well. Um, and it is, you know, a breezy 90 minutes. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. So there you go. Three sevens for Restart the Earth. Go check it out. Our next film is Boone. The widowed Catherine is busy trying to protect herself and her son from local criminal organization. When Nick Boone and Catherine's lives cross paths, they find themselves leaning on each other to protect everything they stand for. Uh, this stars Neil McDonough. He's, um, he's one of those actors, he, he usually plays bad guys. You know, and he usually plays very good bad guys, but he's also turned up in things like um, Agent Carter as, um, as as one of the um, Howling Commandos and things like that, you know. Um, very good actor, always a good um, presence. And I think he's he's really good here as this sort of, um, he, he's almost like a character out of t- time wearing his, his hat, you know, his, his trilby. Um, never seems to take it off. Uh, well, he's, he's trying to be inconspicuous, isn't he? he yeah, very <laughs> inconspicuous. Yeah, the only guy in town wearing a bloody hat. Um, you know, we, we say this a lot. It's nothing original. We've seen this kind of thing a lot of times. Van Damme has done loads of these sort of films. You know, um, we have the stoic loner trying to keep out of trouble because trouble's looking for him. Um, ending up helping out somebody who, who basically needs his help. Um, one of the things I did like about this um, is the characters. The characters are very well written for this sort of film. Um, no one's pontificating, no one's like um, monologuing or anything like that. You know, um, you think about some of the Bruce Willis films we've had to put up with. The characters are, are, are really well done. Um, and, and yeah, just the performances I just thought were absolutely superb. Uh, Rich, how did you make it? What do you make of this one? I I thought it was pretty decent. Um, It's not, unfortunately, it's not an adaptation of the Michael Elphick television series. (laughs) Um, But it is is a sequel to a film that I haven't seen, which is called Redstone. All right. Um, So I'll be interested to see that. There's... It starts out. It starts out, and uh, uh, during the opening credits, it says Jason Scott Lee, and I was like, "Ooh, yes. Jason Scott Lee!" And, he's and dead it in turns five out minutes. he's dead in five minutes, and he doesn't have any dialogue and that. So I was thinking, I feel sorry for Jason Scott Lee. Is this what his career has kind of come to? Mm. They, it seems like they just sort of threw him a bone or something of, of whatever. Mm. So anyway, so that's disappointing. But the get that out of the way. Um, we do have uh, Tommy Flanagan uh, as one of his. Uh, typical sorts. I'd I'd say sleazy, but he just he's sort of too smart to be sleazy. But he's you know what I mean. He's got he kind of he's that sort of nasty piece of work kind of character that he plays yeah. in, quite well in quite a lot of lot of things. Um, Neil McDonough, I don't know, I'm not quite sold on him, but it was interesting to see him in this kind of lead role. I, I do think the, the character's um, choice of attire 
is it, it's, mm. it's sort of a bit strange. It's sort of a bit, I don't know, they're, they're trying to be a bit of a throwback thing, I guess, it, uh, which yeah. is fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, as you've mentioned, it is that kind of guy's trying to stay out of trouble, ends up crossing paths with someone who needs his help. You know, the, the basis for every television series in the 1980s, <laughs> <laughs> um, this could easily be one of the, I mean, it feels like a TV movie. It feels like mm. it could have been made in the 80s, really. I mean, it's got quite a, a TV sort of standard to it. I think mm. it's got, um, you know, a, my Steven Seagal movies as well, a bit similar, you know, that whole, he's trying to get away, but so, you know, he, there's like two plots going on. He's got to help mm. someone, but there's also somebody, somebody's coming after him and, yeah. and that's all going to sort of come together, which it does quite nicely here. I think mm-hmm. um, the film that came to my mind of, of that type that I thought this felt like it was practically a remake of was Malone, with yep. uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds yeah. I thought there were a lot of similarities uh, with that film. Um, that's a that's a superior film, obviously, um, but I thought it was pretty decently done. Um, there's not a lot more to say about it than that. I think the, there's there's some CGI used for the gunfire and and the blood and stuff, which unfortunately that's kind of a sign of the times. That's what they that's what they do now. But yeah, it's a, it, but having said that, it didn't look too bad. Ah, I don't know. Some of it looked really I, rough. I, but, I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. But I will say that, unlike a TV movie or something, some of it was much more surprisingly violent than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so was he, okay, it's like some CGI blood, but the action that he just performed yeah. there is like, right, okay, fair. Um, but one of the things I did like is is the scheme that the bad guys are running. I thought mm-hmm. it was actually quite original. I thought, oh, okay, well, we haven't seen that one quite often you know mm. I, thought, I thought that was um sort of decently done uh, as well so yeah, yeah and it's another variation on i mean we saw uh, we watched cyan last week mm-hmm. which was a different kind of setup because they they weren't participating but if like if they had the leverage for example in that film if they if mm. they'd had leverage over them that would have been their situation kind of thing they they that they, they, yeah. they would have um been uh, they would have had to go along with it and then needed yeah. someone else or someone's help um, the one, that's the, kind of the variation yeah the, the one thing that didn't make sense hmm. was why these people were going into her house there was absolutely no need for them to go you know to, to, to do that it was just like well i think it was just intimidation it's intim- yeah but, uh, yeah i think i was just trying to keep her on on edge i did yeah. like um christina ochoa as yep. uh, emilia uh, who's the so it's like she's the second in command to the bad guy she's the odd job factor kind of yep. character um but she's very smartly turned out all the time and and, and, actually, and she's like she's connected to the bad guy in a way you don't expect it's like um there's like a little bit of a revelation through it they don't go into deep a huge amount of detail about it but it's kind of the fact that they don't say much about it kind of tells you a lot about yeah the two characters um so I, I don't want to spoil that, but there's um, there's an interesting dynamic there, and there's some nice um, with Tommy. Flan- she's be- I like her better than Tommy Flanagan. Tommy Flanagan's kind of uh, mm. the guy who does all the talking, and she's kind of sort of simmering in the background, and she goes and sort of leads the team kind of mm-hmm. stuff um, later in the movie, where we get a, a bit more of a an assault um, kind of uh, scene, which I, I really like. I did think the action sort because there's not a lot of action in mm. most of it but it really picks up at the end uh, and i did like that 
especially when there's that other character who who's sort of on the periphery and he gets involved as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it all everything comes together really nicely in that final act. We've got those two idiots as well, um, Bud and Price, who, who are yes. like sort of henchmen, and also sort of the catalyst for a lot of the problems yeah. that they have. But they're quite um, well drawn, though, aren't yeah, they? I mean, exactly. they're, they're, they're yeah, well performed yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. the stuff like that you're putting the feet up on the table and like, get the feet up, and the other one's pushing his, get your feet up. You know, there's this sort mm-hmm. of weird, uh, there's this. Um, you know they're they're mates and they're sort of looking after each other and they're doing the mm. same thing but at the same time they don't really like each other very much so mm. there's there's um, some interesting sort of interplay happening with them and just again the sort of sleazy nastiness of their oh, yeah. characters exactly. really comes across yeah but i, I mean I'm, I'm always as you know i'm a big fan of like these situations where where bad guys overestimate their own badassness and and, mm-hmm. and end up biting off more than they can chew uh, and, and you know that, that, I love that sort of Schadenfreude sort of yeah. scenario, and, and we get we get that with these guys, which is really cool. What but do yeah, you think it, about the making the character the 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 the, the woman in peril, uh, as it were, here, um, making her a preacher? Because they, I I felt like uh, that was the thing they introduced, but they don't really do much with it, it and I wasn't no, quite sure why. It re- well, it kind of reminded me of the uh, of um, Grace Kelly's character in um, High Noon. Mm-hmm. actually because she was like a pacifist um, right. character and sort of trying to convince like gary cooper you know we got you don't have to fight and all the rest of it and then of course at the end of that film she picks up a gun and sort of shoots one of the bad guys for you know saves his life and that's i, I suppose that's what they were trying to do here is like say no no you know god will save you and all the rest of it and so in the end uh you know kind of has to take matters in her own hand mm-hmm. um so, so yeah, I, I think that was her sort of story arc, basically. Right, right. Anyway, how are you going to score it? Well, I think it's a very on. You know, there's nothing special about it. it it's 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 worth watching if you if it's on telly or whatever. But you know, there's there's a lot better versions of this particular story. I'm going to give it a five. Oh, that's harsh. Harsh, Rich. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go one higher than that. I'm going to give this a six. I, I did enjoy it a lot, um, but I, I do agree. It is, it's, uh, it's kind of like a domestic brand beer, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it is very well put together, uh, very well acted, good, good characterization. Um, it has made me want to go check out the prequel now or the, or the, the previous film um so it has that going for it there, there are a couple of nice little artistic bits like um when boone's chasing the guy down the tunnel and all he's got is his lighter i thought mm-hmm. oh, that was really cool and i like the um the slightly mid credit scene as well that was uh you know, oh i i was gonna i was wondering whether you caught that because yeah. they they um it could so easily have been a. Oh, I'll just shut it off. It's, it just happened mm. to be that I left it running for for a couple of minutes, and I was like, oh, because mm. this isn't the kind of movie that you would expect that to happen in. So, um, yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't. I, I, I assume that happened a little bit later. That you know, what mm. once wounds have healed and all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's solid. I thought um, so. It's a five and a six for Boone. Go check it out. Our next film is Little Bone Lodge. Set during a vicious storm, two criminal brothers on the run seek refuge in a desolate farmhouse. 
Taking the resident family captive, they find the house holds dark secrets of its own. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to catch this, but I, what I have seen of it, I did sort of watch the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, I, I am interested in sort of seeing how it plays out. Um, Steve, what did you make of Little Bone Lodge? Um, <clears throat> decent little English thriller, really. Um, you know, a bit, bit cliched at the start when, you know, two criminals turn up on this family's doorstep, you know, mm. ask for help in the middle of the start. Yeah, what, one of them's injured and that. And like, injured, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, obviously you've got, like, the disabled uh, husband, uh, wife and daughter. And then, but there's something off. There's something not creepy about the family. Mm. And, you know, they've got to go get get the bag from the criminal's car that's crashed and blah, blah, blah. And it just ratchets up the tension as it goes and keeps going and keeps going until the twist. And, and then... Yeah, I just thought it was really, really good. This I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jolie Richardson actually brought a decent bit of class to it. Um, she's great. Well, they're all great, really. But it's, again, it's one of them that's, you know, it's kind of set in one location. You've got the house and then a car crash. And it's just really well done. Really enjoyed it. I just, and the twist. You kind of see something coming, but not where it goes. It really does come out of nowhere. Kind of reminded me of like, um, what's it called? Is it Just Breathe? Oh, Freddy yeah. Alvarez? Mm-hmm. Oh, Don't that Breathe. Kind of twist. Don't Breathe, yeah. Don't Breathe, sorry, that was it, yeah. That kind of twist. You know, it just comes out of left field, really, and you're like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, really, really enjoyed this one. Ah, that's good. Um, Rich, how how did you get on with Little Bone Lodge? Yeah, I liked it a lot as well. Again, it's it, as I say, it is quite familiar territory, but it is a very well told story. And it's for me, it's the way. I mean, the performances are, are, are really good, and the script I think is really solid. But the the thing that really sold sells it for me and makes it particularly engaging was I, I thought it was very very well shot. Um, yeah. Whether it was, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it was on sets or location or whatever, but it's all interior for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, there's some sort of uh, around the ground sort of area. It's a bit weird because at the end of it, you kind of, uh, they might have shown it at the beginning, but there's a lighthouse. And so I don't remember seeing a lighthouse. <laughs> they didn't really make much of that, but there, there was a lighthouse there. Um, but the it's it's uh, in, in the home kind of thing. And it's just really, uh, really atmospheric. Um, it's uh, you, you, you mentioned previously, Mike, about liking films about, you know, people who've sort of bitten off more than they can chew. Mm. And that's a bit that's kind of what the mm. case is here. You know, they, they certain there's certainly characters getting getting more than they bargain for tables getting turned and that sort of stuff. Um, can't Again, don't really want to go into too much details because it will spoil it. But there's you know, you've got a small number of characters, but they, they, they do a lot with them. Uh, and it's quite. uh quite clever quite engaged it doesn't do everything you expect it kind of does does some things you expect but there's other things that happen um 
I could liken it to something like the owners, which we covered, but it's very yeah. different. It's it's very different. That that had a bit more a bit more of a uh, not necessarily comedic edge, but a kind of yeah, bit 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 more obvious that one. You know, like the the whole, all the stuff with Sylvester McCoy and that they yeah, they yeah. did in that. That was a good one. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. which I did like um, in this one, it's a bit more I would say nuanced about you know. Uh, the the characters and their motivations and who's who's who and you know how we should feel about them so you know we've got these um these dodgy characters who turn up there's a, there's a bit of an admice and men kind of feeling to to them and their relationship yeah. but they're they that we get sort of to sort of know, we get to know each of the characters and sort of understand their motivations and stuff which i quite liked um again it's quite brisk i think it's about an hour and a half long um the yeah it's just very very good one of one of the films i've most enjoyed uh so far this year definitely that's good to know okay uh steve how are you going to score it i'll give it an eight well okay and rich i am going to give it an eight as well and i'm really regretting not watching it um but i will be <laughs> making amends in the next couple of days um okay two eights for little bone lodge go check it out our next review is 1915 Legend of the Gurkhas. This is a psychological war drama inspired by true events of rifleman Kulbir Thapper, an inexperienced soldier who goes through an incredible journey that eventually cements his name among the legendary Gurkha warriors. Um, okay, so this is a relatively low budget film, but it's well shot. Um, it's it's a very sparse uh, part of the, the trenches during during World War One. Um, not many soldiers on either side seem to be knocking around this particular bit, um, you know. But it, it does a decent job of um, you know following this character and the things he, that happens to him. And, and there is quite a bit of incident throughout the film. You know, he comes across a few German soldiers. Uh, he comes across um, a, a British officer as well, uh, as well as some other Gurkhas. There's things going on. There's also these really strange interludes, which are like sort of like avant-garde modern dance things, where suddenly, oh. the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has these sort of out-of-body experiences where, like, um, he ends up in like a white environment and, and seeing his, you know, his girlfriend or some other thing and and other, you know other times he's sort of attacked by sort of naked people and all this sort of weirdness going on um just sort of try and show the sort of psychological trauma that he's going through i guess um you know but it's it's not bad I, i'd sort of put it on a level of like a steve lawson production mm -hmm. really you know it would, it would be, it'd be it wouldn't be out of place alongside his sort of films um, some of the acting, especially the British guys, you know, a bit wobbly at times. Um, but all the costumes, all the uniforms seem authentic. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, they shot it in a, a quarry somewhere, but it, it looks like, and sort of built a few sort of trenches. But like all the other films that we've discussed so far, this doesn't outstay its welcome. You know, it's, it's only another sort of 90 minute film. Um, and if you, you know, we, we, we know 
Rich, that you know there is a huge market in the UK for war films of, of all, any description. So yep. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to sort of see this um, doing well in in the uh, you know in the charts coming soon. Uh, personally, I would give this a six out of ten. If it's your thing, go check it out. Our next review is The Resurrection of Charles Manson. While a couple edits a Charles Manson movie in an Airbnb, the film's dark events begin to come true in a mysterious plot of a hidden leader. Um, well, yes, close. <laughs> close. Is that, what, is that what they were doing? I thought she was going to audition for a movie or something. I know. So yeah. we have... Um, uh, Catherine Hughes, who we'll be mentioning later on. Yes, uh, as, as, as a complete coincidence, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like when I when I uh, when I chose that short film, hmm. um, uh, that was before we even scheduled this. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so we do have this couple. She, she's an actress. Um, her boyfriend's a photographer, I believe. I don't think he's a cameraman as such. Uh, but she's an actress. She she wants to go for this part, and she's sort of convinced him to sort of come away to the desert with her, uh, so she can, uh, you know, rehearse, learn her lines, that sort of thing, and he can take some photos. And you know, he he's also planning to propose to her while they're there. Um, but there's, there's weird shit going on around them, as as happens, you know, as any 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 time anyone goes anywhere remote in a film. You know, <laughs> some, something weird's going to happen. We, we, we know this. Um, we have Frank Grillo as a sort of enigmatic um, sort of local leader of the community kind of thing. But, you know, we, we know right from the beginning of the film that he's up to no good. Um, we, don't, we don't know what he's doing, but it's it's no good for sure. Um, I, I did like this eventually. It, it took me a while, probably, the, you know, there was some weird shit going on. There was some stupid shit going on. There's a bit where the girl's sort of dancing around the, um, you know, the, this villa that they're in. And we see someone moving in the bedroom behind her, you know, as a strange figure in the background sort of thing. And nothing comes of it at all. It's just like, oh, it's, it's almost as if they did it and they went, oh, actually, it's a bit early for that sort of thing, isn't it? You know, and it just sort of disappears yeah. again. It's like, okay. It's, it's almost as if they're sort of making it up as they're going along a little bit. Um, but I did I did enjoy it as as the, the, you know, the boyfriend cottons on a bit more as to what's going on. I, th I thought that made it a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. And, and the flashback sort of, um, you know, structure, uh, I, th I thought. It was a bit confusing at times, but I did like the fact that they did it. You know, it, it did sort of add a little more depth to it. Anyway, uh, Steve, how did you get on with the resurrection of Charles Manson? No, I didn't. I didn't enjoy this, to be fair. Um, I thought it was too modelled. I thought the characters were too cliched, you know, redneck in the middle of nowhere, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And then all of a sudden at the end, they just tag on this supernatural element which kind of came out of nowhere you know to me and then it's difficult yeah, to sort of say where it went as well you know you say it came out of nowhere yeah. it's like, well, well but 
then where does it go? It, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it sort of dies a death a bit. Yeah, and it just didn't. It just didn't work for me at all. But I was all, a bit all over the place, to be fair. And I thought Frank Grillo was the only one who's actually given a decent performance. But I don't think he's in the same film as everybody else, if you know what I mean. He's, he, I don't know, he just seems to be doing something from somewhere else and it just doesn't, didn't gel, didn't work and the end, the, the ending and the credits annoyed me as well because mm -hmm. that just seems to be ripping off um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. and it annoyed me in that as well. It was just like Brad Pitt driving around for five minutes and, you know, just I don't know, it just seems to be extending the running time and kind of stick that in the end here, and it just doesn't work. There's no need for it. If, if it um, felt a bit, it felt a bit like Michael Haneke's stuff. You know, <laughs> it yeah, was just like yeah. just there for its own sake, sort of thing. It's very, very strange. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't get on with this at all. Really, mm. I was quite disappointed. To be fair, the one, the, the one thing which um, really did sort of take me out of the film was the music. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, these these horrendous songs that they're listening yeah. to and sing along to. If I was in that film, I would be smashing that bloody radio into smithereens. <laughs> it was just so, oh, you know, it's like fingernails down the blackboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely hated the music. Um, Rich, how, where, where do you sit with this one? I liked it. I did. I was, I, I was, I wasn't. Particular, I wasn't looking forward to it a huge amount. I was a bit worried that I thought it was going to be a bit rough and ready, mm. um, but because it's it's only it's it's got like a seventy five minute running time pretty much, mm. uh, and it's the directorial debut of Frank Grillo's son, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. Is it going to be like a really sort of low budget sort of quite rough kind of thing? Where, but no, it's very very solidly made. It's mm. uh, it's quite, you know, made to a decent polished standard, clearly with some budget limitations, but I think it works with them quite well. Again, the, the running time may be part of that, and maybe that's why it's it's as short it's as short as it is. Um the 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 Charles Manson stuff is interesting because it's kind of um I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it exactly and how what the title was actually implying, but it actually is a bit more literal yeah. than that I actually intend. I, 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 I thought, that, yeah, I, I was surprised at how literal it is. Um, there's, like you say, there's a few weird scenes. There's like the there's Frank Grillo's scene where he's like practicing his speech, mm -hmm. and yeah, it, and uh, in that scene, budget limitations are really obvious because the the set the set the sort of the the setting, the location that he's in is like really quite sparse and like, it's like a curtain hanging and a, t and a table with something. And it, it's supposed to be like his office or something. It does, it looks, and it's all shot in like quite close up. So that sort of wasn't really selling um, the sort of grander sort of uh, environment. Uh, it was a bit more um, bit, uh, budget limit, say sort of production design limitations in there, I think. Um, yeah, that was a bit weird. But then you got the other scenes where he's sort of being the charismatic sort of leader kind of stuff, and he's he is Frank Grillo. He's doing what he's doing what he does quite mm. nicely, and all this. You know, he's he's not. I mean, he a few years ago he kind of fell into this. Well, I'm going to have my hair a certain way and my beard a certain way, 
and I'll act a certain way. And, and that's, that's what people want. So um, that's what he gives, you know, you go back, uh, you know, a few years earlier than that, he was, you know, different haircuts and all sorts, but now he's very much a type. So you want Frank Grillo, you get Frank Grillo, no matter what kind of role he's in. He's always that slightly greasy <laughs> kind of, kind of uh, rough, rough, uh, rough uh, uh, character. Um, even if he's playing like a like a banker or whatever it is, I don't know. But the but I liked him. I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. And uh, say solid direction. The thing that I keep coming back to is um, how many cult movies we're watching lately. Mm-hmm. There, there's so many of them, and. And, and, and in relation to that, it's it's a film I keep mentioning because I watched it recently and I keep seeing echoes of it and so much stuff. It's Get Out. Mm-hmm. And there's there's plot developments and stuff that are in this. I was thinking, let's get that. That's Get Out again. <laughs> it's like I'm mm-hmm. seeing the same thing. Um, but we've got, you know, it's another story of a couple go, going in, uh, you know, getting getting into this kind of situation and, and um uh, I will say Catherine Hughes, uh, who we mentioned earlier, is, is also a, 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 a director that we've covered uh, a few of her short films uh, previously. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. about her a bit more later, but I, I'm not seeing her much uh, as an actress. Uh, and I liked her in this. I actually didn't know it was her until after watching yeah. it. And I sort of looked her up and I went, hang on a minute. That's <laughs> that's the director of, you know, Yellow Bill Fury. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's sort of stuff. I, I liked her. Yeah, I, um, I did as well. It was, it was a sort of decent performance and, and it was hmm. an interesting character that sort of like, you know, you get to a certain point that's a sort of turn, turn on its head sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, so, so, yeah, I did enjoy that. Cool. Okay, guys. Uh, Rich, how are you going to score this? I'm going to go six, I think. Mm-hmm. Just mark um, it down for a couple of things that didn't quite work for me, but overall, I thought it was pretty yeah. decent. Uh, Steve? I'll give it a five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join Rich on a six. Um, yeah, there, there was bits early on I wasn't sort of really sort of engaging with, and the music, that bloody song. Oh, Jesus! But um, I was wondering, actually, I was wondering because I didn't watch. The was that the Charles Manson the song? Yeah. Exactly. I was wondering, was yeah. that Charles? Because I know Charles Manson was. He was a an aspiring musician. musician yeah. That's right. Yeah, he, you know, he was a sort of frustrated musician. And, and I did wonder that myself. But so whether that's his songs or covers of his songs or songs yeah. that are made in the style of mm-hmm. his stuff, yeah. I don't know. But that's in. But I thought that was interesting that the IMDb description and stuff is is so different. It's like was that original? Was that one mm. of the original ideas that it was that they were working on a film? Because this one in I, this I one, I get the impression sort of auditioning, yeah, I, I, rehearsing. That's it. I did get the impression it was going to be sort of a bit like. Um, um, the town that dreaded sundown. I don't know if you saw the mm. remake because that was very meta. Because you had, you know, um, you had the original murders, then you had like the original film based on the murders, and then you had the anniversary of the film and the murders, and somebody yeah. murdering. You know, it, it was really, really clever the way it was done. Um, and I was wondering if this is going to be that sort of thing where, you know, the, the filmmaking is going to sort of merge with the actual sort of thing that's going on. But it was it was a bit uh-huh. different the way the way it could have been budget constraints, you know, as you say. So, yeah, but, but there you go. Yeah, well, that's okay. what I'm saying. The, the is because I took it all quite literally. 
Hmm. But is there an because one of the explanation, one of the descriptions was like, oh, they're doing this and it sort of bleeds in. Uh, you know, is is there a psychological element here, or, or was it all quite, as far as you guys were concerned, was it all very literal, straight down the line? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, I think it was a sort of literal thing. What they were, they were yeah. trying to do, yeah. very strange. Anyway, so that is two sixes and a five for the resurrection of Charles Mansion, Mansion, Manson. <laughs> Go check it out. Our next film is Killer Kites. A woman called Abby inherits an old kite, but it's not just any old kite. This one is a bloodthirsty killer, so says um, IMDb. And who are we to argue with that? Um, Okay, so this will, I think this wins the accolade of lowest budgeted film that we're likely to see this decade well yeah it's definitely it is, the lowest budget we've seen so far certainly um it is i mean it it, it is it, it's almost like a badge of honor though to this film isn't it i mean I, th- mm. I, th- I think in certain areas they kind of go out of their way like um there's there's a scene early on where abby meets this guy to pick up the box which has got the kite in it and and the guy is literally shouting his lines at her. Yeah, like it's, with no explanation for no why. Explanation. <laughs> and I was thinking, is it is it because that you know maybe they don't have a boom mic or something, <laughs> you know? And they're worried that no one's going to pick up his audio, so you know, like, re- really pronounce your words, so, you know. No, he was doing more than just pronouncing his words. He was. Oh yeah. And, he, and his dialogue was really weird as well. I mean, mm. which even for this movie, his what. His dialogue, his lines mm. were really strange. Like, it didn't seem to connect. There's <laughs> a lot of the stuff that he said didn't seem to connect. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's almost as if he was reading from the wrong page of the script and that. Yeah. But, um, it, it, it is, it is, overall, I, I do like this film a lot because it is very funny. Um, mm. It is quite inventive. Yeah, it's almost a, uh, uh, there's a film that you may be aware of or not called Birdemic. Which is um, no. Oh, there's a, there's a brilliant riff tracks version of it, um, where they sort of dub a track over the top of it. But it is one of the worst films ever, um, and the, and the special effects of the birds attacking is very similar to what we see in here with the kites towards the end, where it's just like superimposed on you know these little kites. They're very ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's so strange because you know you you you're kind of thinking. There are better special effects filters available on, like I don't know, mm. Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do like the inventiveness of it. So we, we've got this opening credit sequence, um, which has all these different sort of figures from history and you know all these very famous sort of scenes, and they've sort of drawn a kite on each each photo yeah. in the yeah, background, like really sort of thing, crudely. Yeah, but it's like um, you know, sort of the death of JFK, and and there's yeah. <laughs> there's a kite on the grassy knoll and stuff like this. You know, it's very very very, very, very good. I thought, I thought it was, you know, when Saddam Hussein's arrested, and yeah, yeah. kite in the background, it's it's it very good. I mean, in in its own way, that actually reminded me of the opening sequence from um, Watchmen. You oh, know, yeah. where, where they sort of re- redid 
sort of various historical moments, but with the Watchmen in it. Um, yeah. So, so you know, I thought, okay, I can, you know, I can see what they're going for here. Mm. Um, but yeah, it the turned, in, in the yeah. book depository, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, this this was um, pretty well done. The kite is absolutely rubbish. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it is literally a piece of. I don't know, tracing paper over a, a coat hanger kind of thing, yeah. you know. Um, but what was funny was, was her brother sort of like, you know, going apeshit over it, going, oh, my God, the, the history of this thing is like, <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah, quite yeah. No, because he just, I mean, you know, the, he, he kind of opens opens the chest they inherit from, like, mm. grandma's house or whatever. Mm. Take out this, like, and it, is, it just does, it, it's clearly a homemade, Sort of it's some, of something trace. you're yeah you'd be proud of your five-year-old that made it but yeah you know. yeah and like takes it out and is immediately kind of entranced with it and infers all this all this stuff and you're thinking where's it where's he getting that from it's like mm. well this, this box is at least 30 years old so this kite must be from world war ii and you're like, <laughs> yeah. okay <laughs> yeah um but you know there, there are some really Really good observational comedy in here. The thing with her, her um, Abby's co-worker who's, who's hitting on her. He, he, yeah, he, does, he does does that really arsehole thing of sitting on the corner of her desk. You know, is, is, oh, yeah. Or, or, what what are safe people doing that? Yeah, he was great. And um, <laughs> that's, yeah, just the, just the little things like you know, it was it the 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 cunts um, the cunts yeast. <laughs> Yeah, um, bread, 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 festival. bread festival. Yeah, because kites yeah. love bread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows like, that. Like, which, which, just really, that really threw me as well. That was like, mm. you know, that, that was the point at which, you know, because I'm there thinking, well, you you can't sort of be kind of outraged and and mm. you know at, 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 at that statement because basically everything leading up to to that point has been so ridiculous that you know you, you sort of like you just you have to kind of accept it and, and just sort of yeah know, exactly just, just 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 let it wash over you really because <laughs> there was there was there is you can't watch this you can't go into this film like with any pretensions you know that it that at all you know it, it is it is the least serious thing i've seen yeah, I think ever. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that there's another film called which which is a, has in comparison has a much bigger budget called um, Zombievers. Which that is about, has a bigger budget. It has a bigger budget, and and but it's a, it's another film which no you know it knows how ridiculous its concept is, but just runs with it. You know what I mean? It's it's a it is mm. a very funny film, a very good very good um, sort of horror comedy. But it, it it knows you know it knows exactly what it's doing you know it's sort of um, beavers turning into cannibalistic zombies kind of, kind of thing. Um, it's very funny, but so so and, and again this it's like yeah we we know it's it you know it's it's part spoof part just comedy parody kind of, kind of thing. Um, there are some great bits like the um, the, the local news guy. Oh yeah, name is. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, Brock, very much uh, like. Tucker Carlson kind of thing in it. It's like, it's like with all this sort of like the, the the bits at the bottom of the screen, you know. So, yeah, so like local, the, local news anchor. Okay. 
Yeah, strap lines. Yeah, yeah, they're Brock so and so has a surprising amount of testicles. And stuff. Yeah, that's and, it. Like, <laughs> was it one, 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 yeah, once hit a hobo with his car and drove on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and the, you know, they, they were, yeah, they were, they were actually really, they were really dark and funny. Each one, yeah. <laughs> like, they were really, really funny. And um, oh, then you got those two guys, you know, um, who'd been messing around with their golf cart because it's Florida, and, um, <laughs> and their, their mate had died. And in the middle of so, like, you know, giving this sort of eulogy for their mate, they go, "Oh yeah, we, we're we're launching a new um, bit, cur- you know, yeah, online yeah, currency." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the guy's body's still on top of the golf cart. Yeah, that's a. Uh, no. Like they had, like they were talking about him, like the the they, you know, they're like, and, and he was dead, and it's terrible, it's really affected us. It's like, yeah, he's he's still there. <laughs> like, in the, you see him, he's like his foot was hanging off in the background behind. That's him. Uh, no, it was, it was it was it was very good. There's lots of good visual gags like that. There was a few um these guys, um Paul Dale, the director, and Austin Frosch. I think Paul Dale had made this other film called Sewer Gators previously. And yeah, there's, there's a couple of bits where they um they have oh, like shamelessly yeah very <laughs> shamelessly boxes of stuff with surrogates you know surrogates yeah. DVDs and stuff written on the... <laughs> they shamelessly hype they hype it up throughout this mm. film like blatantly they don't that's they right care. yeah yeah exactly it's cool um yeah, uh, I mean there's a bit where Abby gets her friends together you know and gives them a sort of um, pep talk towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the black guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got the black guy sat there, and she goes, "We both watched enough horror films. We know you're not going to make it." You know. <laughs> yeah. And and backward hat guy, backward hat guy, you're probably going to lose your dick. <laughs> <laughs> which um, which made me laugh. I got paid off actually. <laughs> the, the, it's. The, the, there was like a there was a training montage and there were mm, people yeah, standing in the in the well those guys basically standing in that whatever that location was there was that was it it was this really Somebody's, weird bar yeah oh that's right yeah, yeah. they were they were all met in a really weird bar oh that's it yeah because they, they, they all sat all the guys were sat um mm. on the uh, at the table and she comes in and she starts talking she's like wait why are you all sat on the same side of the table and they're like oh <laughs> uh, lighting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thought, yeah, there was there was like it's self-referential stuff in there that about you know yeah. they weren't going to be able to light you know if they were sat both mm. sides of the table sort of thing and, that, and then there was I, yeah then the awkward really awkward like montage scenes of them like mm. training like um you know sort of slashing away at, 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 you know imaginary kites mm. it's kind it's, of really ropey fancy yeah I, th- I think. You know, I think it does run out of steam a bit towards the end, and, and but but overall, I, I did find this. You know, as you say, it's quite self-referential. As you know, mm. um, it is very inventive. There's there are some great throwaway lines, like when when uh, her office mates helping to go through a brother's stuff, and there's a box of used tissues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in, his film, in his in his DVD collection. In his DVD yeah, he's got collection. A lot, <laughs> he's got a lot of DVDs. Hey, was he sick a lot? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's some, some good, you know. They don't, they don't, they, you know, they don't, um, they don't over egg it. They move on, but you know, you're still sort of giggling at it as, as you go. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's there's definitely talent here, 
mm. you know, once you sort of get away from you know the clutter of the sort of the low the low budgetness of it, mm. um, I'm I'm glad to hear that it's um, getting you know good reviews and and the uh, good good word of mouth basically, and I hope you know they they get bigger budgets to play with basically. So um, I'm not to, to be honest with you, I'm not sure mm. that a bigger budget. I'm not sure that a bigger budget would make a huge amount of difference to how they how they how they roll. <laughs> you know, I know, I mean? but I it'll, it'll, it'll just give it a bit more polish, you know. I mean, yeah. I think that's it. And, and that polish will, you know, be more attractive to a, a wider audience. You know, people see low-budget films and go, I could, yeah. I could have done that, you know, I could have filmed that myself sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is, this is the, tempt- the temptation with this film is to watch it and, and be like, well, you know, damn, this looks like someone filmed it on their mobile phone. Mm. Um, like, which I, I'm sure, I know, I'm sure scenes of it were probably. <laughs> but, you know. like, yeah. And, and thinking, I could do this. But, the, the, you know, the truth is, this is like, an, what is it, an hour and seven minutes. Yeah. Um, this, if anyone, you know, anyone sort of going ahead and trying to do this would really be quite surprised at how much, like, how long it takes mm. and how much effort it takes to make even a film as, as weird and, and cheap yeah. as this. Well, one of, one of know, the things I liked about together. this, yeah, one of the things I did like about this, and it does sort of say about sort of the time and the craft they, they put into it, is that when, when you have like dialogue scenes, it did actually cut between the two characters. I, I've yeah. seen a lot of films where they just like, I oh, will just film the whole scene in one go. Yeah, with everyone, with everyone in the frame. camera or something. Well, not even that. Just, yeah. just like have both people like on in frame, talking yeah. to each other, and it's like really, you know, it, yeah. Because all it means is that you're looking at one person who's waiting for their time to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and vice versa. So, yeah, at least they, you know, they took the time to sort of say, okay, well, you know, this guy's speaking. Concentrate on him. Then the other person speaking. Yeah. You know, cut yeah. and, and and set up again. So, so yeah, that's proper filmmaking as far as I'm concerned you know it is, it is proper filmmaking and it takes and it takes bloody ages mm. you know even for like relatively simple you yeah. know static dialogue scenes and you know they they I mean there were actually quite a lot of static dialogue scenes in this as mm. the, as the yeah. kind of utterly bizarre plot exposition was was kind of unfolded <laughs> especially by the guy in the guy in the bathrobe with the, with the oh yeah that, well, that was quite funny as well because you think it's like a dream sequence and then she gets up like oh you're here <laughs> yeah he's still there he's still he right there like have you got have you got any breakfast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah i mean they it does it it takes you know it takes it takes a long time and it mm. takes you, you have to know what you're doing even you know this this film looks rank amateur like it really it does but it's it's actually not but when you scratch yeah when you scratch the surface it's Mm. you know it's it's something more in the spirit of something like kentucky fried movie or something like that you know it's it's yeah it's 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 got a lot of thought put into into the sort of Mm. humor you know this it's it's not all um, slapstick, you know, there's, there's good dialogue bits, there's visual visual humor going on, you know, it's 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 done really really well. Yeah. On that basis, Will, how are you going to score it? This is, I'd have to say, one of the one of the most difficult films, um, I think, uh, that I, I've had to score just because it, like I said, it, because it looks so ropey. There's going to be an awful lot of people who are going to watch this and, and going to be like. 
you know, how could you give that like more than a four? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. because actually it was supposed to look like this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's clearly supposed to look like this. You know, yeah, I, th- maybe... I think that's it. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, if, 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 you, if you've got a bit of knowledge, you know, I, I, I do recommend people do check out Birdemic, which was a straight film, you know, but somebody made that without any, you know, um, any, any, any amount of parody in their soul. Mm. And, you know, that was the film they, they wanted to put out as is. Um, whereas this is, it, it's playing on that idea, but sort of, you know, um, delivering a lot of humour as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and in terms of scoring it, um, you know, I I think, like, I, I could only, I can only give this like a seven upwards because, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's very little to let it down when you, if you, if you can score it within the rules and parameters that they've set, yeah. you know, because then they're not, they're not trying to make Avatar here. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, like they, they're, they're making, they're making what they made. And I think, mm. you know, they obviously, if you, if you look at it within their rules, they've, they've kind of, they've hit all their markers that, that, that they want to hit. Um, mm. And I think it's, um, like, I'd agree with you that it just, it, the only thing wrong with it is that it kind of tails off towards the end. I think it was like overly long. I don't know what happened. Mm. Um, like, but some of the, some I think of the, they just didn't really know how to end it. I mean, you know, they bring in sort of Ayn Rand and and, and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> not wanting to do any spoilers, but yeah, no. I mean, that's the first yeah. time I've seen I've seen Ayn Rand used in that in that way <laughs> ever. Yeah. I think it was probably be quite a surprise to everyone. Which Ayn I think, Rand which I think is kind of ironic in itself, isn't it? I think the fact you know, because isn't the whole thing about Ayn Rand supposed to be like you know? Um, being sort of self-sufficient and not relying on anyone, and then someone's relying on Ayn Rand to save them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and you know, to 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 fight, basically using using Ayn Rand's ideology to fight um, the, the kites ideology. Uh, Again, don't want yeah. to go too far into what that ideology was because it, it you know be a, it might be a huge spoiler for someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. It's actually hard to know how to spoil this film. Philosophy students will be studying this in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Quite possibly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a seven. <laughs> a seven is a, is a solid score, and I will join you on that. That is two sevens for Killer Kites. Um, this is currently available to stream to on VOD platforms. Um, I think it was released early on on Amazon at least, um, because people like us liked it so much. Uh, but please check it out. Yeah, it's just over. What's that? An hour and seven minutes. So um, you know, isn't gonna isn't gonna sort of take up your whole evening. Go check it out. Our short chop this week is Joe. Out in the old west, a young woman plots her revenge for the rape and murder of her sister. Um, ten minutes short. Uh, quite different to some of the stuff we've uh, covered. But I must admit, I love this. Um, mm. it, it totally wrong-footed me um, as to what was going on um, until the guy starts coughing a bit when he, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, right, got it. Um, you know, she's uh, we have this young lady called Jo. Um, her sister's been murdered. They don't know who did it and all the rest of it, but she's adamant that she wants to find out. Uh, she has a boyfriend who's sort of trying to sort of dissuade her from you know, oh, it's in the past, forget about it sort of thing, but she's adamant she's going to get her revenge. 
And boy, howdy, does she. Now, I want two sequels to this film, Catherine Hughes. Get on it. We want to see how this <laughs> how this gets it gets resolved. Um, Steve, how do you get on with Joe? Yeah, found it really good. Um, nice, sweet, enjoyable. I mean, it, I'd say the only thing that let it down slightly, and, and this sounds sounds bad. I don't think it was violent enough. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I honestly think that. <laughs> I know it sounds daft, but the murder, it's, mm. it's too quick. It doesn't show anything, you know. She's just there next minute. There's not enough, there. not enough catharsis for your liking, basically. Yeah, yeah. It just seems a bit quick and done-dusted. Mm. And the other thing as well, which baffled me, is she pregnant? Yeah. I, I mean, she I... Says, she says she is. Not, would you get would you get pregnant off the, by the guy who murdered your sister? Hmm. I don't yeah. know whether that's to lure him in or what. Or yeah, that was the only thing that kind of threw me as well. Um, mm. but apart from that, I thought it was really well shot. Um, you even get like the um, searches. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Large at the end, you know, and mm. stuff like that. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, searchers slash dog soldiers <laughs> homage at the end, but yeah, that was yeah, I like that. The, the cinematography was great, very different to what we saw on uh, Happy Mart, you know, um, much more sort of naturalistic lighting outdoors, um, it's sort of not set bound, which is really good, um. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I just really enjoyed it, and I love that sort of final shot with the knife. As well, which yeah. is why I'm saying sequel. We need a sequel. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> start working down the list. Um, but yeah, very, very enjoyable. Um, Rich, over to you. Yeah, I think this is Catherine Hughes' best film so far that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, overall, all round. Um, uh, we we talked about her a couple of weeks. Uh, Happy Mart, uh, mm-hmm. and in, uh, last year, uh, Yellow Bill. Fury, both of them quite quirky, action-heavy mm-hmm. kind of films. Uh, this one is a much more of a sort of a slow burn, sort of two-hander character piece mm-hmm. kind of thing. Brought to mind more some more like uh, more like, like the opening scene from uh, Inglorious Bastards would be a, a comparison yeah, yeah. that I would make. That's a, that's a good comparison. Uh, yeah, uh, and this. I just think it's it's shot really well. The characters, uh, you know, drawn drawn well. The um, uh, Joe herself, who's played by a, uh, I think I think she's Dutch uh, Dutch model uh, actually, uh, mm-hmm. primarily, uh, you know, mainly known as a model. Uh, Breg Heinen. I've probably not. Let's probably pronounce that completely wrong. Uh, she's done two shorts with Catherine Hughes. The other one's called Solar Boom, which oh, yeah. uh, she's which she's also good in, uh, which is, a, a, again, a different kind of thing, but a more typically quirky. This is this is Catherine Hughes doing a more mainstream sort of non-quirky kind of, th- uh, kind of film. And, yeah, I just think it's pretty perfect uh, the way it is. I, I wouldn't really change anything about it, to be honest. Uh, I think the, the, the whole set up and you know the pace the reveal everything's everything's really good about it um 
So what's it, what's what's curious is that this is listed on IMDb as not actually even being out yet, but actually it mm. came out last year. Uh, I think it was yeah. Film Shortage sort of presented it middle of last year, actually. But it's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's one of the best films that I've seen in a while. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I just cements sort of Catherine Hughes as probably one of my favourite short film directors Mm-hmm. at the moment if not if not my favorite um as i say it's it's a it's you know that there aren't many uh short film makers out there who i'm i think are sort of you know hitting the mark you know so so well mm-hmm. every time uh you know and in such a fairly short period you know the the her films have all been made over two you know three three maybe three years uh, and they're all and they're all really good and i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does you know next and sort of bigger projects coming along absolutely yeah thoroughly enjoyed this one um really like the way it builds you know the, the way you sort of, you realize what's going on you know it's sort of you you pick up on just through the conversation and the way and, and the action you know you pick up exactly what where we are um and the the the, the best line, the, the line in it which killed me is when he tries to justify what happened and he goes, well, she wouldn't shut up. It's like, right, yeah. oh, well, well, that's okay then. <laughs> you don't understand, she she kept screaming. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you know, the, the fact that he's so clueless as to thinking, you know, that that is a, well, a perfectly good reason. But anyway, um, yeah. A great I will just, so, I just want to step in and say on IMDB, it says, uh, and I don't know if you you mentioned I don't know if you I can't remember if you quoted this at the start, but um, it says that she sets off on a journey of revenge, hmm. and I was well, like, "There's no journey no in this journey film. Such, it's all no. set in her house. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, there's there's no she's she's not uh, you know I think it sells a different. Uh, I mean, it's only an 11 minute film, but it sort of hmm. sells a different idea. Uh, if you, it, it's it's much more of a she's plotting revenge. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say she's 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 not hopping on a horse and and going off. You know, this is not that kind of western. But the uh, yeah. uh, but it is very much uh, it is. I think it evokes that sort of western period really well as well. Yeah, That's, um, that was the, that was the other the other really clever line in it as well. When she she asks him where his friends are, or something. He asks about one of his mates, and he goes, "Oh, no, he's you know." wandered off somewhere and he's going, oh, that's strange, isn't it? You know, <laughs> you know, just disappeared. He needs to like, just totally clueless. <laughs> it's like, <yeah. laughs> thought that was really clever. Yes, uh, we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check these out. Uh, this is 10 minutes long. It's on Vimeo and you shall find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Revenge of the Green Dragons. Set during the 1980s, this follows two best friends, Sonny and Stephen, as they rise through the ranks of one of New York's Chinese gangs. Um, This was co-produced by Martin Scorsese and co-directed by Andrew Lau, he of um, Infernal Affairs, among others. Um, and, and you can sort of see, you know, you, you could read the a synopsis of this, of like, um, you know, a period set gangster drama about an up and coming gangster 
with his cocky best friend and yeah you know and it almost sounds like goodfellas you know it could easily you know it's, it's certainly got the sort of same level of sort of violence to it um it's that sort of sprawling story you know it goes from sort of the 80s through to the 90s um yeah. you know and and yeah you got Ray Liotta in there Ray Liotta in there as well of course you know um it is quite interesting I did I did enjoy this overall um how did you get on with it, Steve? Yeah, it's, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big gangster film lover anyway. I mean, you know, obviously you've got your exceptions like Goodfellas and stuff like that, but mm. even... I've never really got into the psyche of gangs at all. Mm. You know, even, my wife was obsessed with like, like Ross Kemp on gangs and stuff, and I was just like, mm, doesn't... I don't get it. It doesn't do anything for me. I, mean, I, pres- I, pres- I suppose it's, you know, trying to get out of the poverty and the, mm. that kind of angle and stuff like that. But it was... I was surprised with the violence, to be fair. Um, especially at the opening. You know, mm-hmm. towards the kids and stuff like that. It was actually quite... You know, quite brutal. And especially when the... Um, the like, kidnap and beat up one of the rivals. Um, oh yeah, one of the white the white tigers. Yeah, yeah, white tiger. Yeah, you know that that was pretty shocking to be fair. Mm. Um, but all in all, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's acted well, it's shot well. It's just not my kind of bag, really, for the type of film. But mm-hmm. it was okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I, I wish it had been a little bit more bombastic. You know, it, it sets up various things, and I, I just wish it had lent more into the sort of the um, you know the Hong Kong action style. It, it does yeah. it doesn't go down that route at all. You know, no. and, uh, uh, all all the action is you know all the, all the sort of violence is, is quite sort of realistically done. But yeah. I, I think I think that's what was missing from it. Really, it's like you know it sets up this sort of nice sort of vengeance element and then it just goes yeah no it, it mm. just didn't really sort of push it the way i wanted it to if it had gone yeah. down i don't know if you guys have seen state of grace with sean penn i know of it but i haven't seen it you know of it all right that, yeah, that, see it. see that's got this it builds up to this sort of brilliant shootout at the end and i think that you know that's what this film was missing really but for me personally um yeah, so Rich, you you found this one on um, on on Plex. Mm-hmm. How did you get on with it? Yeah, it was actually better than I was ex- hoping that it would be. Um, I've mm-hmm. I've been wanting to see it for years, but I've always been a bit oh, I'm not quite sure what it's going to be like. You know what yeah. what the what the quality is going to be because you get some of these films that you know they uh, you know they've ha- had very very quiet releases. You know, um, this hasn't been. This isn't on UK DVD or anything. It's it's sort of tucked away on streaming. You know, it's got Ray Liotta in it, which is good. But you, you know, you get some of these uh, foreign productions, and they've got um, you know Hollywood stars sort of grafted in there, and it doesn't usually work. What I would say with this is that it's not a chop. I mean, I've seen Hong Kong movies that are set in America, and you know, yeah. with English language and stuff yeah. before. Um, there was one I remember watching years ago. I think it was called American Dragons or something, and that sort. Of, uh, and there was also Jet Li's The Master and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, 
basically is an American movie. It's it's yep. a lot. Most of it's in English because uh, I thought it was going to be dubbed or or some or you know whatever. Um, it's not. It's you know there's bits in English and in uh, I'm not sure if it's Cantonese or Mandarin or mo- or both. I think I think there's elements of both yeah. languages in there, but it's it's like a, yeah, it feels like a Martin Scorsese production. Mm. Uh, you know his his kind of it's made in his style. You know, he's obviously come on board. I mean, it's presented by him. He's like got an executive producer credit and stuff, but it's they, they're clearly modeled on. Um, I mean, they've yeah. that's probably it's probably come out of the relationship because yeah. obviously, um, uh, I mean, Andrew Lau had, yeah. and yeah, had done uh, Infernal Affairs, which then Scorsese then adapted, uh, sort of remade, change it. But the and I guess this is a this is kind of an offshoot of that. Mm. Um, sort of a few years later um, I think it's good I, I liked it I, I thought the characterization so yeah it's yes it's rote it's for me it's formulaic it's mm. your standard yeah. you know gangster movie conventions the sort of the Bray art stuff is kind of peppered in there in the sort of you know oh here's that American actor you recognize kind of kind of bits that are, are mostly disconnected from the rest of the film uh, but it kind of works yeah What's what's what, curious is it's got this hour and a half running time, which again I mentioned it earlier with Restart the Earth. You expect, um, I was surprised. You expect some of these films yeah. to be longer, yeah. and I was thinking yeah. it, it feels like a Weinstein cut, if you know what I mean. You know, like when yeah, all those yeah. Jackie Chan movies and stuff were coming out, mm-hmm. and they they <clears throat> cut out all the plot. You know, they take a film or, or First Strike or something. You know, you uh, I know that wasn't Weinstein, but you get the point. It's like mm-hmm. where they say, "Oh, let's take out all that stuff that's slowing the film down." Mm. And let's have this like ninety minute or, or or eighty minute version. I can't find details of a longer version of this, which, which just seems odd to me because it feels like there's stuff missing. It's just mm. so brisk. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, um, uh, I'll stand back for a second. What, what yeah. were you going to say? Well, I was going to say. I mean, you, you mentioned Ray Liotta. I mean, mm. he 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 brings a good point to to the film about you know sort of the fact that the FBI aren't investigating. Um, you know, the human trafficking and, and, yeah. and the Chinese gangs and stuff like that, which would be a lot easier to take if he wasn't such a fucking racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you know, his, his language is, is, is um, deplorable because, you know, um, you sort of say, oh, it's just like the blacks before them and the Jews after them and all this sort of stuff. And now we've got the bloody Chinese taking over, you know, they're like vermin and rats, you know, rats jumping off a sheep and all this. And on top of that, you got the, you know, the, we have a Chinese detective um, who, you know, the, the, the gangs have this rule. The number one rule is you don't don't kill the whiteies because, yeah. you know, they, 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 otherwise the cops are going to have to sort of give a shit. Um, and that's the sort, sort of situation we get, you know, because he he's having to investigate these you know the, these sort of gang killings with limited resources and as he points out sort of saying you know if it was a white neighborhood if somebody's cat got stuck up a tree there'd be more cops here than there are you know for, for a murder scene uh, and then as soon as one of the you know a white guy is caught in the crossfire he's he's off the case you know it's like no we, we you know we're bringing in proper detectives now sort of thing so so there you know there is this sort of ele- interesting element of sort of racism and sort of uh, you know racial prejudice going on but it 
it's it's just weird you know it's like um especially Ray Liotta's character because he, you're thinking on one hand it's like he, he's making a good point but at the same time he's just like the worst <laughs> just the worst guy ever um, I didn't think he was I didn't kind of get him as the worst guy ever. I, I just uh, kind of got no, him as like yeah, kind of a representative of the period uh, yeah you know really of the is. attitude well exactly that, that's, yeah. that's the thing so so looking at it from slightly more enlightened eyes i should hope you know but um it's yeah it, it, it just feels weird um let me say that okay any other thoughts on this one guys nah, that's about it that's me Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it all plays. I mean, the, there's a sort of a plot twist kind of thing that maybe goes a bit too far. Um, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I'm not sure if that 100% works in the film's favour. Yeah, it didn't work for me. No. But yeah, all, all, if you know, it, it's it's interesting to see uh, a gangster movie from this perspective mm-hmm. uh, because we've you know we've we've all we've all seen the Italians kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it is definitely interesting to see um the 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 chinese experience and i, I think um yeah the violence is quite heavy at times but like 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 you guys were saying you know like especially that kid being beaten at the beginning mm. um and why these kids would want to be drawn into that after being after their experience it's like yeah. i didn't quite get i was like oh yeah the, 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 we well, just yeah. We just one ex- day I'll be on the other being beaten or whatever. Yeah, now we yeah. we're gonna we're gonna join up with these guys because yeah. um they because they they're pretty heavy handed. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like crazy. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, but um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I recommend it. I think it's well worth a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we we found a copy of this on Plex, and we shall put a link to that in the footnotes below. Go check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich for watching all these films this week. Um, no problem. Uh, good selection, uh, I thought. It was a good <coughs> selection, mostly. Yeah, Gurkha, I, I wish I'd switch Gurkha for Little Bone Lodge, personally. Uh, I think I got more out of that one. Um, but I, I do intend to watch that in the next couple of days. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check out the Short Shots, our sister show, where Rich will put a link to a new short every evening around about 8 o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.